strap on your cummerbunds. It's about to be the most magical night of our lives. Because we're America's most adolescent podcast, the pod people. <laughs> we're not adolescent. I'll come in your buns. Oh, no. no. <laughs> not actually. I apologize. I just I thought it would sound adolescent. Actually, you're under arrest because I'm the party police, Matisse Van Rossum. <laughs> They said you didn't have a good name. That is a good name. Uh, I'm the Plague Knight, Ben Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, and I'm Cleveland Mosier, and I was sailing, sailing, the wind was on my side, and then it died. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling drained and dead after mm-hmm. this movie that we just watched yeah. that we're about to talk about for a little while. So yeah. that reference was to, I think I think I probably, I almost certainly opened with it last time we did that the 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 previous movie um it's it's the the song cabin fever from muppet treasure island which is a notably better film in my opinion but anyway what what do we watch tease uh well we watched cabin fever 2 uh the uh 2009 film directed by ty west uh and the sequel to the uh 2003 masterpiece golden pod golden pod somehow. cabin fever what do you mean somehow yeah, what do you, what do well, you mean you're relenting on this hard i i watched it again uh i i was it's less hype it's an amazing it's horror it's comedy i like it fine i don't hate on it i was really surprised when you mentioned the other day that we 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 gave it a golden pot i i'd forgotten that yeah and because it's a it's perfect an amazing film. satire it's a perfect it's it's the perfect horror you, comedy you satire. are totally allowed to think that clearly i did at some point I don't anymore. This is revisionism. Yeah. This is cultural Becoming revisionism. Becoming a horror snob over here. I am allowed this to change dangerous. my mind about things. Okay? <laughs> like dangerous. It's, it's important as a reviewer to be able to change your mind, to grow and adapt, even if it's do, in the wrong direction. All you do is, and, all you do is watch <laughs> shitty found footage movies on scaryfoundfootage.com or whatever that streaming service is. It's called have, POV Horror. Thank you very much. And you have the gall. <laughs> you have the gall to come on to our podcast podcast and rescind your five-star rating of the original cabin. <laughs> you probably don't even like pancakes anymore. You probably don't Shit. even like pancakes. You're probably not even... Was funny. You're probably not even a professor of being a dog. <laughs> Lol, that is so random. Uh, no, I I think it's fine. I don't, I don't, you know, I just... I can't believe, like, I gave this the same rating as Alien. You know, it's a different kind of masterpiece. Apples and oranges. Yeah, but they're both fruit, dog. Like, I can still say, like, I like this fruit more than the other. And I definitely like it's like it's more like apples and uh, uh, I mean, we give Troll 2 a golden pod. Like, Like, well, Troll 2 deserves it. What are you talking about? (laughs) So does Cabin Fever. So does Cabin Fever. You are the most fast and loose person with five star ratings on this podcast. <laughs> yes, every every yeah. other goddamn movie is is a perfect film for you. Every two movies is a perfect I got, film for I'm you. I'm disagreeing with you. I, and the one and the one that you're trying to rescind <laughs> is one of the ones that Ben and I also agree yeah. is a perfect film. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, okay. Well, I don't hate it. I'd probably give it like a three and a half or a four. You know, it's fine. <laughs> what? Why does that bother you? That's still well above above half. I'm still. Well, I will say. You know, I think it's fine. I will say at some point we should do an episode where we revisit some of our past scores and say, you know, in hindsight, I would give this something. Yeah, I think that'd else. be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. I I think there are certainly. That. Ratings in the back catalog for me as well that I'd be like, eh, sure, I would probably rate that different now. Thank you, Ben. But, uh, but Cabin Fever Cabin is, not one is of still them. a goddamn not masterpiece. One of <laughs> I will say that much. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that movie. We're here to talk about a movie that I'm more okay with you dumping on, which is Cabin Fever. I, no 2. dumping. When I didn't dump, I just I don't think it's perfect. I, that's not dumping. You said it's a three and a half out of five. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good score. Um, that's a decent score. That's a slightly above average score. So Cabin Fever two, I. <laughs> I, I want to preface this. You know, it's a Ty West movie, one of Ty West's early films. Yes. You know, went on to do great films like House of the Devil 
and innkeepers and the, and sacrament, the sacrament, which is my favorite, um, and uh, X, which we're covering it's next week. This, week. Mm-hmm. this was my pick, and I was yes. like, X is coming out next week. We should cover a Ty West movie. So this felt like a perfect pick. Um, what I found out. Uh, while I was in the bathroom was Ty West actually denounced this film yes. and tried to remove his name from the director credit. He for tried this. he tried to turn this into an Alan Smithy film, but because he was not a member of the Directors Guild of America at the time, uh, he was not allowed to. You're not allowed to do that if you're not a member of the Directors Guild of America. That's the dumbest Apparently. thing I've ever heard. Oh my god. Yeah. You're not allowed to like. You're not. A, you're not make your film to, anonymous. You're not allowed to denounce a film that you have made if you're not part of the DGA. I guess. Yeah, because the producers of the film made him keep his name on it. Yeah. Um, um, notably, uh, this is a Lionsgate production. Yeah. Uh, and I think the main reason he was trying to take it off is because there were extensive re-edits and reshoots, mm-hmm. um, which looking back on a lot of the film makes sense yep you know there's a lot of elements of this film that i feel like work pretty well there's there's glimmers of greatness in this film which does make the overall product confusing i guess until you have the context that that Lionsgate tore this shit up in post Mm -hmm. um that actually fever that actually does make a lot of sense um because there are some some really good m- moments. Well, and the movie, movie. kind of starts off strong, yeah. right? Like, uh, it starts with Ryder Strong getting out of the, the river. Lake. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, or the creek, and he's, you know, walk, stumbling about, kind of. He's, he's melted a little bit. Yeah, really diseased looking. And he uh, stumbles in front of a school bus and then just gets fucking. Flatlined by a school bus. He explodes. He bursts like a balloon. And we get that awesome title sequence. Yeah, it's a freeze frame on the blood explosion, Cabin Fever 2. I thought it was interesting that uh, Ryder Strong is first billed in this movie, in the credits on IMDb, uh, in the movie itself, in the opening credits, he's first billed. But he is in the movie for 30 seconds and has no lines. Yeah, I mean, this is a very, very indie film in terms of, like, names. Like, you don't really have many big names in this. Like, Judah Freelander is one thing, but this was before 30 Rock. This is pre-30 Rock, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of, like, indie horror directors in this film. Like, Winston himself Giuseppe G- Andrews. Giuseppe Andrews, uh, yeah. He is a DIY filmmaker. Mark Burchard. Mark Burchard has... You know, Milwaukee legend, yeah, American that, movie. That's something that I was not expecting, was um, to see Mark Burchard pop up in this movie. Coven. cool. Coven. Uh, Larry Fessenden is the principal. He yeah. also has directed a lot of uh, cult classic horror movies. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, indie horror names in this but like ultimately there's not many like recognizable names outside of Ryder yeah. Strong yeah so I mean I understand why they would give Ryder Strong first billing to try to like bring attention to the movie I can also see it being kind of a cheeky thing he's first build he's also the first character we see in the movie and then immediately the first, first to build die. and first kill and first killed <laughs> So um, yeah, I I, I kind of like that. Baby but you, and you know what? And you know what? Like he's fully plastered up with like makeup too. Like his face is all like melted and shit. Could be anybody. What if it's not even Ryder Strong? <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. That'd be honestly, so funny. That'd be so funny if they gave him some money to use his name, but that was just an extra that they caked in some makeup and then pushed in front of a bus. <laughs> Awesome. Um, That's yeah, my headcanon. Well, uh, it's funny because this film really does not feel like a cabin fever movie. Like, No, I mean, outside of the title, it is basically unrelated to... Well, yeah, that's the thing, like, title in the first ten minutes, and Winston. Winston, the stoner cop from the first one, is back. Party cop, yep. Honestly, 
best part of the movie, probably. But he's not even as he he doesn't even have as many like fun lines yeah. as the original. Like even yeah. he's been kind of deflated. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we get a few fun sequences, yeah. like him telling the story of the 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 moose accident on the highway, and he carries a picture around <laughs> in his wallet because no one will believe of a moose's head sticking out of the windshield of a car. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we there's there's some little glimmers of that. I mean. Technically, it's like a continuation of the story. Like Ryder Strong ends up in the like reservoir at the end of the original one, so the water to the town mm-hmm. is contaminated, and you know that's that's the impetus for this movie is that like the the water treatment facility or whatever like you know takes the the tainted water and bottles it, and everybody's drinking it. Well, so they, an outbreak, they show but... us in an absurdly long Yo. cartoon sequence, yeah, and poorly made, which I get the poorly made part i get it's like a, it's a gag you know it's kind of like like a shitty hippie cartoon the figures and everything in it are just really really poorly drawn but it, it's like a child made it almost uh you know it it feels which which is fine and it would be funny if like it was like like tightly cut you know but like it's like okay we're it's still so here long and it just it's it's over the the opening credits it the animation is bad and it feels out of date for even when this movie came out. I I know they shot, they finished shooting this movie in like 2007 and then it got shelved for a couple of years, came out in 2009. But the animation style reminds me of like, uh, of shit like home movies. And yeah, I mean, to me, like, there's one at the end too, we should say yes. that. And they feel like they finished editing the film and it was like... 65 minutes and they were like shit we gotta add like 20 minutes to the movie where can we add some stuff and no so way. they add this long credit sequence and this long end animation. So there are recuts, sequence. right? Knowing, Extensive yeah, re-editing. Yeah. Hearing hearing that lo- that the producers uh, added and changed a bunch of shit in post, the the animated credit sequence and end montage make a lot more sense. It absolutely feels like stuff they f- they felt like should have been added to the movie but they didn't have the budget to actually go out and shoot those scenes, so they paid an animator to slap a little cartoon together. Well, and think about what the movie would be like without that opening cartoon sequence. You would still get all of that you context. Would totally, I was thinking about that when we yeah, were watching the movie. Story. Like, it's totally unnecessary. Yeah. The, the cartoon is like, we see, like, the water water factory it's not factory uh the water bottling plant or whatever and uh it's stylized so like there's they have like fingers and like eyeballs and stuff in the water and then we see it go into the school we see the janitor like cleaning off the the school bus and someone sprays a sprays it with a hose so he gets blood in his mouth so which then we see him sick later in the movie it's just shit that doesn't need to be shown but the producers are probably like it's confusing if you don't show this people aren't gonna know what's going on it's like an ubisoft rpg yeah like just everything is like signposted to the point like yeah. where it's unmissable well like, like you see the the water truck drive by past the school bus right before that long sequence right. and it's like that's all the context you need like later on winston the stoner cop like finds uh, documents telling like specifically about that so like even if there wasn't quite enough context you have context there too I mean, like e- it's honestly honestly so I, I would go so far as to say that even having like the the tainted bottled water is heavy-handed because like at the end of the original one like all they do is they like pan up from the lake where Ryder Strong found like the drifter's corpse and where he fell in later and it shows a sign that's like you know city of whatever like water treatment facility so we know the disease is like in the tap water mm-hmm. that's all we need then it cuts to like the general store at the end and like the lady selling lemonade outside or whatever like this is this is all like 
we we get it. We understand that the 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 sickness is in the water. It's just reiterative and filler have, content, and this movie has so much of it. Well, and it's 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 so they can have like fucking vi- montages. So they can forever. just have like visual indications throughout the film of when somebody is drinking tainted water because they have these water bottles with these absolutely dog shit graphic design is my passion uh like labels down home water or whatever mm-hmm. like it might as well be in fucking comic sans yeah and it's like oh there's there somebody's drinking one of those water bottles so you know they have the sickness it's like we should just be able to know it's in the tap water. If somebody's taking a shower, they've got it. If somebody, you know, fills a glass from the sink and drinks it, they've got it. You know, if they're in the swimming pool, they've got it. Like, the, we, we know it's in the water. That's all that we need. We don't need to have these, like, big sign-posted things constantly throughout the movie. It feels yeah. fucking awkward. And it'd be, it'd be a lot funnier. I feel like at some point that was the joke and that the police officer officer party or whatever like doesn't get it because he's only drinking beer which is funny right it's never really yeah utilized. I mean, like, like there geez. is a bit with him where he gets some beer but like it's, yeah. not, it's just not like well utilized as a joke he he goes to the diner i mean that's a point. bit they already do in the original cabin fever is yeah. the one the the two guys don't get it for the longest time because they're only drinking yeah beer. Yep. there's a point in this one where officer winston goes to the diner and Course orders pancakes. Pancakes, pancakes, pancakes. To the uh, the incredible sequence from the first, um, but there was a really funny sequence in that where you know a dude falls down and starts bleeding heavily from the chest, and you just get blood sprays. Yeah, and it, it kept cutting away to like B roll of like extras like looking back at how far the blood was spraying i will say that's one thing in general that i did think was kind of fun in this movie is like how ridiculous like the blood squirts and blood vomiting is yeah it's like obvious that there's just somebody off screen with like a hose just like blasting it across the room like people are later just like vomiting blood and it's just like torrential it's so funny uh i i can i can get down with that yeah, it's like anime levels of blood. Yes. Um, which is, like, weird because, like, overall, there's, I feel like, less, like, fun gore effects than I would expect from a movie like this. Certainly less than the original. Yeah. There's there's a handful of, like, definitely really good ones. And I'm by really good, I mean really bad. This is one of the grosser movies I've seen in a while. Yeah. In, in like... Some ways I like, in some ways I don't. Yeah, <laughs> you get some really nasty... Like the dick oozing pus and stuff. Yeah. That, that's kind of funny. It's really disgusting. I, I like when he's uh, the Did same it? character earlier, when he's getting ready for prom, and his fingernail is, like, falling off, so he gets, like, super glue. Because he's so desperate to get laid. And he's, yeah. and he's yeah. like, super glues his finger back, his and fingernail back And you see it, like, going place. under his fingers. In the cuticle. Yeah, it's... That that's really Ugh. gross. Um, that kind of stuff is like really repulsive, but also kind of fun. Uh, the movie's also like we'll talk about the very end, but there's like this tacked-on scene at the end that I feel like is just like gratuitous and kind of a just like mean, sleazy, sleazy kind of mean-spirited way yeah. that I don't like. I, I asked when we were watching this, like if if Ty West was a trauma guy, and I I know he's he's a little bit too young. Um, he was he was about younger than us when he was making this movie um but like the the lineage from like trauma and exploitation kind of movies is clear and like you can definitely yeah. see it in ty west later yeah. stuff too you can definitely um, see the trauma influence in this movie yeah especially in like the kind of semi-cliched high school dialogue <laughs> yeah uh well and man and the kind of juvenile approach to yes. everything on the subject of the dialogue, the audio in this movie is one of the most just like horrendously mixed. Oh my god. 
Oh my god! I I, I was so just frustrated at, at, at this film uh, towards the beginning. It is so poorly mixed. I could hear nothing that any of the characters were saying. The characters it's, are all like mumbling, mumblecore. Like the, that one, the one teenager, like the 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 chubby one or whatever, like fat. Just the rats. whole time, I was like, <laughs> "What is he saying?" And like I, you know, like I. Mm. I watch a lot of like weird movies or like esoteric films and shit like that where people like were that have poor audio. This is this really takes a cake and it doesn't help too that like it's it's poorly recorded, but it's also really poorly mixed. They're like playing music over these, oh, these yeah, people yeah. talking and like it's way louder just than inaudible. they are. We put on yeah. the subtitles eventually because like we just couldn't understand what was happening, but <laughs> <laughs> like halfway through the movie, the subtitles just gave up. They, gave up. Yeah. they just stopped. Yeah, just for no reason. Like they couldn't do it either. I don't blame them. Like the subtitles just completely gave up. Yeah, I feel like I mean, not like the dialogue. I didn't feel like we were really missing anything. God, in this but there's movie. just so many times where it, like a character would come up to somebody else and be like, "Hey, Kyle." Uh, yeah, it's, and it's, like what? Like, the delivery certainly doesn't help, but yeah, I feel like this is maybe the worst mixed film we've talked about on the podcast since, like, The Strangers, I think. Yeah. Which is also a horribly mixed film. Yeah. Uh, Man. But it's just... I just don't understand how you can mix sound this badly. Like, at some point, like, you're watching it and, like, I can't understand what these people are saying, right? Like, in the editing room, right? Like, they're just like, I don't care. That was the best we could do. It seemed like most of the the audio was, like, live, too. Like, like they didn't, like, do any ADR or anything. No, no, no. They definitely definitely didn't do any ADR. Yeah, yeah, that certainly didn't help. And this is a case where maybe I would advocate for it, frankly. Corny movies are great for ADR, also yeah. too like it's mm-hmm. like oh it doesn't really totally sync up okay fine it's funny like, i mean also just like how how like weirdly heavy-handed this movie is with like 70s stuff like i feel like it would have been almost thematically yeah. appropriate yeah. to like do some adr like make it kind of giallo-esque yeah i gotta say on one of the positives of this movie i thought the production design was pretty great overall you know, kind of the seventies, eighties ish vibe of it was very Ty West, and I, liked, I saw his influence there a lot. I liked the production design. Okay, I thought the lighting was bad. Yeah, I thought I thought it was shot pretty badly. Yeah, still, I think the production design and some of the costume design even was pretty good. And I could definitely see Ty West's fingerprints on that because you see that in movies like House of the Devil. Oh a sure, few years oh, later. Sure. Yeah, this movie actually came out the same year as House of the Devil, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> House of the Devil is a much better movie. Oh, man. Uh, Ty West, more like Ty Worst. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of the films that, of his that I've seen, this is certainly his worst. Yeah, and you know, he would probably agree. He would too. probably agree with <laughs> something like it. And you know, he was he was pretty young when he made this. He would have only been about twenty five, twenty six, I think, during the production of this film. So you know. I, I can I can give it to him. Um, and I mean, I think that there there are a lot of like little aspects that uh, sort of forecast like his later better movies. Um, so, you know, and it's, of course, it's hard to say, like, how much of this was him, how much of this was the studio. They shouldn't have called this movie Cabin Fever. They should have called it fucking Prom Fever. There's nothing cabin related in this goddamn movie. Tell you what. And it's not even about people, like, getting stuck somewhere for a long period well, of time. Kind of. I mean, they're locked into the, the school. Not that for, long, Yeah, but though, for, like, for, an hour. Yeah. Well, I, feel, I feel like at some point that might have been, like, more of the crux of the film. Maybe. You know? Maybe. I don't know, that's just me, because, like, it, it seems like on paper, like, that that would work, but I'll tell you one thing, uh, Carrie carries this movie, uh, uh, get it, because Stephen King's Carrie, it's, like, about a prom, and it's very bloody, but it's a much better movie, I guess I haven't seen it. I mean, it is, <laughs> yeah, it is. Brian, but... Brian De Palma's masterpiece. It's a very different movie, very, very different <laughs> movie, but yes, a much better movie. Yeah, you know, one of the big problems I have, one of the other big problems I have with this movie mm-hmm. is that it's uh, uh, way too much of it is like the high school teen drama 
without yeah. without comedy it, without without comedy i mean there's there's moments of comedy for sure. sure but also like without it almost feels like the horror elements take back seat to like the high school drama and that's confusing for me because mm-hmm. the characters suck the story isn't interesting it's just like it's just about a couple of losers it, it's every fucking like high school stoner comedy so this movie was shot in 07, right? About, yeah, 06, 07. Superbad came out in 2007. Oh, man. I can see kind of that influence going over to this movie. This does feel like a much wow. worse horror version of Superbad. Right? It, well, it, yeah. yeah, it's hard to say. Like That's so close that I would say I don't know if super bad had come out by the time production started on this movie but uh well because apparently the original draft of the script was written by eli roth in like 2004 and then it got shelved and changed a bunch when they pulled it down it was so i don't know but yeah in space never mind just cut that no (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh well yeah and i feel like eli roth would have probably done a much different movie yeah. I think even if Eli Roth tried to do a high school movie, it'd be more of a play up on, you know, the kind of seventies and eighties yeah. high school slashers. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, Eli Roth did such a great job with the original. Like, I mean, I think he he would have uh handled this much better i mean i think that reasonably and you know with hindsight included like ty west is is not a bad pick for you know somebody to make a follow-up to an eli roth film like i think ty west obviously as a filmmaker is inspired by eli roth and you know has a lot of the same kind of stylistic sensibilities but uh Jesus Christ, man, this this thing is just it's just fucking messy. Yeah. And the original Cabin Fever is not a messy film. Like it's it's weird and goofy, but it's I think the script is pretty tight. Also, like to go back to the production design a little bit, like I think the production design itself is fine, but especially in regards to the cinematography, I I think this film is very ugly and it's kind of in stark contrast to the original because I think the original is like very well shot. We talked about it in our episode that it, I feel like it's kind of underrated in how good it looks yeah. for when it came out. Like it's a very nice looking film and this is just like this is just ugly. It's badly lit. Uh, it's another case of fish eye fish abuse. Eye, fish eye fever, man. We cannot escape this. We cannot escape fish eye fever, boys. This this one is probably the least egregious of the recent films we've talked yeah. about with fish eye fever. It's like two shots. Uh, no, it's not. It's way more than two yeah, shots. I only noticed it in like two uh, shots. It's definitely there. Mm. It's not as bad as... Uh, shut in or seance but uh it's yet another case of uh change your damn lens just change your damn lens especially when you're shooting inside yeah please i will say there's there's some fun gags in this movie yes some some gags that made me chuckle when the uh the frumpy friend is uh hitting on i guess the stripper Yes, he walks past a classroom and sees like this girl crying in there alone and he goes in and is like is like, "Hey, what's wrong?" and she's like, "Oh, I just got dumped." He's like, "Well, I don't know who this asshole is, but he doesn't know how lucky he is to have you." And I don't think that's what he said. I think what he said is, "I don't know who I'm I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> uh but yeah, so they they go to the bathroom and uh, she, she gives him a, a, a quick uh, blow very job, quick. very quick blow job. But <laughs> man, this this was so gross, but it, it did have me laughing very hard. Like he, she gives him a blow job in the stall, and she stands up and walks over to the sink, and then just does this long, slow. Sp- 
spit just like this massive load of cum <laughs> just into the sink. It keeps going. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just like this this pretty huge funny. this log stream. It's so sleazy and gross. And it's like watery. <laughs> it's like yeah. But it's really it's really funny. It's really yeah. really funny. I was laughing very hard. The one of the few instances in the movie where uh, it was a good thing that they cast thirty-year-olds to play all their teenagers. Yeah, I will say a lot of this high school cast looked very old. <laughs> yes, and uh, it's such a range, though. Like, I think it's a lot funnier in Wet Hot American Summer where they're like forty. <laughs> Like, I mean, that's the joke like, in Wet Hot American yeah. Summer, right. right? Well, see, that's the thing is like, and it's clearly a joke, and it's funny, but like here, it's kind of half done. Like it doesn't, it doesn't land the same way. I, mean, I, just, I don't think feel, like it, it's as confident. Like, it doesn't feel like a joke in this movie. It just yeah. feels like the thing that people do, especially in horror movies. You know, especially when there's sex involved. Like you don't really want to cast like real teenagers, no. but like this movie is ultimately light on some of that stuff. And, like, our protagonists are, like, obviously, like, I, I joked that they're, like, 28, but I did look it up, and they were about 28, so <laughs> I, I was pretty... I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Because they're about 28. The thing is, like, I don't mind that in something campy, like, what Hot American Summer, or, like, Strangers with Candy is another great example. Sure. Uh, but, like, this movie... I feel like one of the big problems of this film is it didn't go campy enough. Yeah, it just never did like, lean in. The whole conceit of this film, right, being kind of, you know, a flesh-eating disease being spread leads to kind of a plot where it's an inevitability that everyone gets it. Right. So having this long intro sequence introducing all of the stuff and introducing prom at a certain point you're just waiting to say like oh i just want everyone to die now yeah like, it's it's been so long like building up like we see people throughout the whole movie drinking the water it's like not even in okay, a fun way just a straightforward way like it's like oh well they're getting ready to make to do prom they're doing prom things and it's like there's no like tongue-in-cheek like fun with it the prom theme is like the sea you know like the sea king or whatever like it has nothing to do with the yeah, theme. It's like they could have done like shit, yeah. yeah it could have been like a, like a like a christian school like doing like moses parting the red sea or something and then like oh there you go Th that's it that you did it <laughs> you know like like it's a comedy bit then or you know like literally anything like, there's a lot of funny things you can do it takes the generic safe route like throughout the whole thing like I don't give a shit about the protagonist and his uh his crush who he's you know, it's the the classic thing where they've been friends since they were little, and now that they're in high school, like, he's in love with her, but she doesn't even know. Don't care. Don't give a shit. These characters yeah. suck. And this whole scene's where they're, like, shouting at each other about it, and, like, there's no comedy. Yep. There's nothing there. It's they just set that. Up, they, set up this, they set up this bully character who, like, shoves him up against a locker early in the movie. In the montage where people are getting ready for prom, it keeps cutting to him, like, in his garage in, like, a gi. Yeah, with, like, like, a, like a big flag of Japan behind with, like, him. A, yeah, with, like, a big yeah. Japanese flag, like, doing like, karate and shit. Like, cool, that's gonna pay off in a funny way. It, it never really pays doesn't. off. No. no. He like off. he puts the guy in an arm lock for like a second and then that's it. You know, like yeah, he that's, be, he he bashes some dude's head yeah. in with a fucking fire like, extinguisher. Yeah, you, you like the perfect opportunity for like a funny, yeah, for a funny karate joke. Like, there's so much yeah. you can do with that. Nothing, nothing there. Like, nope. I, I no. thought I thought for sure, like when the weird government agency locks down the school or whatever, there was going to be something with like them coming with guns and the kid like jumps out of the shadows and like roundhouse kicks somebody. Yeah. Does like a backflip like, or something? Yeah, like full pancakes on it. How the fuck do they set that shit up and then do nothing with it? Right, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And, it's fucking and, crazy. Well, I think what's what's far more egregious than that, that one in particular, is the sidekick. He's in the library. He's he's passed out. We've already seen like the pus oozing from his dick, and he says, "Hey, can you find my dick? I lost it somewhere." Yeah, which is pretty funny. But here's the thing: 
that's the perfect setup. Later on, you have the characters running around and they just like see it in the hallway or, or something. Or somebody slips on it. Yeah, somebody steps on the dick somebody like a banana peel. Yeah. and falls. There are yeah. so many good things like you can do with that bit. Like, and again, just even them seeing it is funny. Like rule of threes. Like you've played it up. You're ready. You can now knock it out of the park. You've got a good pitch on it. But no, like they don't. Like it never comes up again. And I and it's weird to me because like it's not because they were afraid to show the dick because we see it like earlier oozing pus. Like you've yeah, done it already. Really gratuitously gross. Bring it yeah. home. And they yeah. they don't. And it, it's it's really silly. And even if they didn't, if, if that was like a concern, like they couldn't show it multiple times because of some dumb Hollywood rule. That's cool, too. Uh, again, have, have somebody slip on it with a banana peel like they'd be like, like a banana peel. You don't even have to see it. It's so weird. it was really dumb that they didn't like bring that it's back. Weird and too and it, the biggest missed opportunity. It's weird, too, because the movie has other like similar kind of slapstick moment right in but shit that is not really set up it still made makes me laugh like when they're in the hallway and the person in like the rabbit costume just like runs into the locker and just like just, just out of nowhere <laughs> just eat shit <laughs> and it yeah. falls out like it's funny but it's like there's not like that that's not like a payoff to any kind of setup. It's just like we've seen him before. It's but, just, yeah. We've seen him before, but like it's just random. Whereas, yeah, there's the uh, the perfect opportunity for somebody to be chasing the protagonist and they slip on uh, Fat Pete Wince's dick. You know his his rotten dick. It's right and, there. Like it's it's the it's the same kind of tone, but it's it would it would be following a setup and payoff kind of yeah. formula. Yeah, yes, those are funny. And who knows? Maybe in the original cut, somebody did slip on we'll his yeah. dick. Yeah. We don't know. Another, maybe Lionsgate edited that out because they thought it would be too crass or something. I don't know. That's yeah. impossible. That's impossible. Yeah, yeah. This, this um, but, or maybe it was just incompetent. You know that equally va- likely. Yeah. Uh, frankly, but. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing about these kinds of stories about like us never knowing is like, it's just as equally likely that like Ty West's original cut was also bad. We'll never fucking know. Like, so and that's that's one thing I do like to kind of, promulgate, you know, like is it like people are like, oh, well, the original cut. Well, it's like, you don't know it could be equally awful or could, worse. Could like, maybe very, the, well, maybe could the very pro- well be that maybe that- production made a good call. You know who says? Who's also, to say? also could very well be that production didn't really do anything to it at all. The movie just came out and it sucked. And Ty West was like, "Uh, not me." Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. also possible. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm I'm inclined. Like, if he went to the to the extent to try to get this credited as an Alan Smithy film, then like, I'm inclined to to believe. Yeah, odds that, are, that, like, there were things out of control. He probably did not. He probably did not have final cut. And you know, maybe someday, maybe someday we'll get the Cabin Fever two director's cut, and maybe it'll be a masterpiece yeah maybe yeah i wish maybe. hey hey that'd be fine well, um yeah and like regardless ty west has had you know his own glow up since then you know now x is coming out as an a24 picture yes i mean like he's doing okay oh he's like, fine i mean he's he's done plenty of stuff i mean he along with adam wingard was like one of the ogs uh with vhs with the first one mm-hmm. the sacrament and house of the devil are both widely considered like cult classic horror films like he's fine yeah um speaking of things being fine let's uh, hit some other good moments in the series i've got one uh, series in the show movie <laughs> whatever uh whatever this thing whatever is. the fuck yeah. uh i don't care uh the um and you can leave that in <laughs> i will um good i love the bit when they're setting up prom and the prom queen is throwing a hissy fit about something and the principal leans over to like one of the the math teacher or whatever and says hey can you can you talk to her about this and and the math teacher just gives the prom queen like a, just a big just a wet slap across the face and it is really funny the foley like that is pretty good on that like that was that was good it was like just a it was like wet sounding you're just like a, like a whack like and it's like yeah. just cold cocks this chick and it's so quick you're not expecting it you're not ready for it it's legitimately funny yeah well like, she's mad because she can't find the prom king yes who in an earlier sequence is off yeah bang banging the fat chick as they would in, say yeah in the pool in the pool yeah which um <laughs> pays off in a fun way 
It like, does. I will say, but like the lead up again, like it's like the shot from like all the way across the pool where they, oh we God, see them stripped down shot. in entirety. Um, and I'm not complaining about like the stripping down part. I mean, it's so weird because high schoolers or whatever, even though they were like 28. But like, yeah, whatever. The, but but it's just like it goes on and on. Like, yeah, like the, we see them like like go from fully clothed to nude, get in the pool and like try and get each other in the you pool. Can, you can accomplish the same thing in, in ten in moment. ten seconds with some quick editing. Four but seconds. Instead, instead you've got. This shot, as you said, the camera is on the other side of the pool, so it's this incredibly, like, wide shot of them, like, taking off their clothes, getting into the pool, just static, just uncut. It just goes on for, like, a Which, minute well, now. Well, because it's funny example, things happened. It's another example of being like, oh... This movie's only 65 minutes. Let's add whatever we right. can to get well, it to he, be yeah, like, Stretch it out a little you bit. Could, you could keep that shot rolling if funny things were happening. Like, it's it's the fact, it's just mundane shit. They're taking their clothes off, they're getting in the pool. It's like, cool, we know I mean, that's Jesus, happening. It's, the, the, the camera's far enough away that you can't really see their mouths. Like, you could ADR some quippy lines or something, like anything. Yeah. Or even like, better, right? It's like, lower the camera a little bit, and we see them getting undressed, having their same banter or whatever, and in the foreground, from the other side of the pool, like, someone, like, in a, like a bloody mess, like crawls across the front of the frame, you know, while these things are happening, you know, yeah, like something, something, you know, something. like, but it just, it keeps going. And again, like nothing funny happens because I, I like a long static shot at funny things are happening. Like some of my favorite shots. And or if it's that, a, or but, if it's a nice looking shot yeah. and this is neither. Yeah, no, no, it's just boring. It goes on and on. Uh, other funny bits, I guess, like when people are just vomiting blood all over each other. It's pretty funny. I thought, yeah, the 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 prom massacre scene, so to speak, where they're all you know getting super sick all on the dance floor at the same time, and you know everyone's doing projectile bloody vomit at each other. That was kind of fun. It was kind of fun, but honestly, it kind of let me down with how much buildup there was. Like the 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 projectile vomiting blood is is fun, like you know we mentioned earlier. But I was expecting like that. That is a moment for like practical effects to shine right well that's to get to have sort of like a montage of horror like the different ways that all of these people who are now infected are like decaying in real time like you have you have opportunity for just like total like gory carte blanche and what you get what we get instead is just they all just kind of puke vomit yeah they all like they puke blood you know what i was hoping for is like seeing people's flesh peeling yeah. Like yes. one of my favorite sequences of the first is the shower scene where she's shaving. where she's shaving her legs and her skin's coming. Yeah, off. And like yeah. you have a great opportunity. You've got like couples like dancing close to each other, like they're dancing or whatever, and then like they separate from each other and skin comes with or something. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of shit that you could have done. They're in the middle of that montage. There's like a couple that's like kissing. They're like making out and then they kind of pull away and they just both vomit blood on each other. I, I, like, I thought that was funny. I mean, it's, it's fun. But yeah, that would have been, the been the opportunity for them yeah. to pull away and their lips peel off or like stuck together or something. Yeah. They're, they can't, they're, they try to pull back and their lips are stuck together and they can't get apart and so they just like rip their lips off yeah there's like something something like that and this movie just feels like uh, fuck we don't have the budget for that like we gotta fucking go back and do some cheap shitty animation for five minutes at the beginning and end of this movie like they just didn't have the budget for that shit they didn't have a budget for a fucking oozing cock prosthetic which i guess they got a split seconds worth of screen time out of as much as they were allowed as much as they were allowed we did see at the end of the credits this movie was filmed on location in wilmington north carolina that is true which uh very close uh not just a couple hours away on the Mm -hmm. coast uh it makes a lot of sense yeah i think about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a lot of sense a whelming ton of sense i do want to talk about mark burchard a little bit yes yeah yeah we gotta Uh, we gotta mention i think his character was herman i want to say yes he's winston's cousin yeah who he gets to come pick him up when he re- realizes that shit is hitting the fan. We haven't really talked too much about Winston's ex- escapades. Like, it's, it's not that interesting, but it does have a couple of the best character appearances. Uh, Judah Friedlander, 
who works at like the the water bottling factory he has one of my favorite lines in the movie just absolute pure sleaze but when winston pulls up in his cop car to like investigate yeah. Judith Friedlayer comes to the gate and he's like he's like oh shit man she said she was 18 I always believe what children say <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. like Jesus Christ yeah and well as Winston is running away you know he he tells them you know tell these people the water is bad yeah they, if you do it you're gonna get so sh- much pussy you're gonna get that sashimi, the sashimi. <laughs> that primo pussy that doesn't have yeah. a smell half of what makes that funny too is like his delivery on the line he's kind of a nasally guy to begin with it's that sashimi pussy sashimi. and like that's that's pretty funny Giuseppe Andrews like, there's no great. smell yeah. you know like that's pretty good I, I, I sound more like I'm doing a Waluigi impression but um, no well, I, 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 I like Giuseppe it. is for sure Italian yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah Mark, Mark Burchard and so is Waluigi Mark Burchard has a, a, a great moment uh, when he he picks Winston up and they're trying to get out of town and there's a, a roadblock the, the, the cop has like closed off the road I don't know why Winston doesn't just also be like hey this is official po-. like I'm also a cop like this is official police business and they get through but instead Mark Burchard gets out of the car and he's like he's like Ste- step over into my office and then uh, he like He's like, I'm a, I'm a businessman. You certain, surely we can we can work something out. And pulls like some money out of his pocket, and he just drops it. And he's like, "Oops, butterfingers!" And when the cop bends over to pick it up, he elbow drops the back <laughs> of his neck and knocks him out. I genuinely didn't know that Mark Burchard was like actually in things, but it was really nice to see him. Yeah, the Milwaukee indie filmmaker yeah. legend mark burchard yeah we, i will we say used to see him at the union cinema all the UWM, time all the time i will he was say there for context if you haven't seen it check out the documentary american movie one of the best documentaries ever made uh, especially documentaries on filmmaking and uh what it is like to be a midwesterner <laughs> yes man that uh that <laughs> that true uh wisconsin flavor yes man american movie is so good mark burchard rules i mean it makes me nostalgic for the college days truly i wish mark burchard would direct more movies yeah me too i wish you'd be in more stuff too yeah i mean in this movie he really is just playing himself he's not like playing the character or anything but it works i like i like how when winston calls him and he's like trying to like say come pick me up he's like turn down the sepultura (laughs) it just makes me think about when uh in american movie when mark and like his is his buzzy his buddy or his cousin um are just like constantly like listening to old school heavy metal yeah. and shit. he's always wearing slayer t-shirts yeah like man they just they just got mark mark burchardt to come be mark burchardt <laughs> he he picks him up in like a wolf van yes <laughs> which is incredible has like an airbrush portrait of a bunch of wolves on a mountain whatever happened to airbrushed vans Bro, we need to bring them back. Yeah. Uh, like, if I ever get, like, rich, I don't want to buy, like, a fancy... Like, I don't want to buy, like, a Lamborghini or a Maserati or anything like that. I want to get, like, a, ridi- a ridiculous airbrushed van. Dog, I will airbrush yeah. your van. Do you know how to airbrush? No. Well, actually, yes. I used to airbrush Mardi Gras floats. Can I used you, to do those gig. Yeah. Can you airbrush an elaborate fantasy vista probably not well but i think that'll make it better right you know maybe i'll let you design it and then i'll let a professional do the airbrushing how about that i mean your loss but yeah <laughs> if you want to look good you can do that i guess i mean if i'm spending money on an airbrushed van yeah i want it to look good do you i mean can it i mean it's already yes. pretty chintzy like that's the I thing mean, you might as well lean into the the the, the badness of it chintzy, right it's chintzy but i want the quality to be good you know <laughs> what i mean i suppose like i want some boris vallejo shit on mm. my van you know like i want it to i want that shit to look good what do we mean? i want it to be i want it to be ridiculous type of oh man yeah bed. you know that would also be good <laughs> now that you mention it just kind of jank 
Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's where my head's at. All right. You're, you've kind of swung me. Like, yeah, you really like me. wrong looking faces and stuff <laughs> on it. Like, it just looks really poorly drawn. Yeah. That's what you want. Get some uh, Ugandan uh, movie poster shit on there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, shit. Are we ready to rate this? Yes. I, yeah. I don't have much more to say. I have no more to say. Uh, Ben, this was your pick. Sure, so, sure, yeah. Well, do the thing. I will say you can see Ty West's fingerprints on some of this, and that stuff stands out. And I will say the Winston and Mark Burchard stuff is fun, and there's some fun practical effects. Like, we didn't even talk about the shop class when they cut off his arm. Oh, oh yeah, That's which really... also doesn't have any payoff because they don't replace his hand with anything. Yeah, but they like. They could have, like, given him, like, a. a Gun they they just something. wrap it up in duct tape, and you can yeah. clearly see that it's just it's making just a, a fist. It's just a closed fist wrapped in mm-hmm. duct tape. Sure, like the practicals before then looked alright. Yeah, you know? but yeah, like the scene where they actually cut it off, like that practical is pretty good. Yeah, I thought um, that was really puts good. his arm in like a vice, and they use the table saw in the in the shop room at the school. She gets mm-hmm. the big. Uh, what? Blowtorch. Blowtorch, yeah. To cauterize it. Oh, that and then it that just is cuts, fun. And then it just cuts fun. to them wrapping up his closed fist with duct tape. Yeah. But yeah, there's no payoff to that. He doesn't get a cool weapon or anything. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. But again, like, I feel like this movie was definitely a victim of re-editing. Because you, you can tell that there's glimmers of good stuff in here, but it's just unfocused. It doesn't really work as a movie overall. I'll give it a two out of five. I think there's there's some charms, but overall, just watch the original. Yeah, Clave. Yeah, two two point five. You know, two point two five would be prime, but that's not. We don't do quarters, so I'm gonna do two uh, as well. I think that's that's a dandy that's a dandy rating. Uh, but yeah, coming up on a two point five. If it's on, eh. You know, it's on. I I don't have any loathing or resentment towards this movie. Why would I? It's a fucking movie. But uh, it's not worth your time. It's really not. It's fine. It's whatever. I've seen worse. I've seen better. Yeah, I you know I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, you know, it has some really great glimmers of potential. Um, some some like genuinely fun, campy, you know, exploitation horror stuff. But it really gets bogged down in like this really boring uh like high school drama with just like terrible characters and like just awful performances and dialogue and mixing and you know like the the fun bits come too few and far between um i'll give it i'll give it the extra half like i'll give it a two and a half out of five um it you know i've certainly seen worse and i i can't I don't think I, I hate this movie, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it, Ty West has done much better, and, uh, if you want the same conceit, but in an actually fun, clever movie, then watch the original Cabin Fever. Uh, so, yeah, two and a half out of five for me, which gives Cabin Fever 2 an average of 2.2 out of five. So, I think this falls firmly into the see-it-or-don't, uh, camp. In terms of the recommendations, friend of mine, uh, Jan Solstrom, friend of the podcast, been friend on before. The They'll be on again, mm-hmm. probably pretty soon. He actually had a term that had been coined that I hadn't heard before that this film falls within the genre of, and that's splat stick. And I thought that was a neat term. Mm. I liked that, so I thought I'd, I'd mention that. With, yeah, you know, credit to where I heard. I don't think he yeah. invented the term, I think, but I, uh, I, I do. Think this film definitely falls term. in that camp. I think. The original falls into that much better. Better, yeah. Because, sure. like, but it's heavier on the slapstick no. throughout. Genre has nothing and to do with quality. Color, really. But, yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. So, we did ratings. Uh, sponsor? Almost. First, uh, next week, mm. uh, we're doing another Ty West film because Ty West's newest, as you've mentioned, Ben, is coming out. X. Gonna a- give it to you. The A24 produced film. We predicted it. We did predict it. Uh, Based off the trailers that we've seen, I'm pretty excited about this one. It looks good. I don't think I've seen a trailer. Pretty good, yeah. It looks like a 70s sort of 
Texas Chainsaw yeah. kind of inspired throwback. Um, Don't they're, mess they're, with Exus. Got some actors in it. I yeah, like. Kid Cudi is in <laughs> well, it. That's not who I was talking about. <laughs> yes, Kid Cudi is in it. Uh, Mia Goth is in it, who I like a lot. Yeah. Jenna Ortega, who yeah. is in Scream 5, is in it. I thought she was pretty good in Scream 5. Looking forward to seeing her in this. Yeah. Um, Open yeah. up the door. It's real. So Hopefully you know, it'll be the non... Or the, the what is it the uh, nonstop pop pop of stainless steel? There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I'm sure that's what our listeners wanted to hear is me like gently quote the lyrics of X gonna give it to you or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, or whatever the fucking song is called. Yeah, no, you were right. Yeah, you're right. Um, the fact that I didn't notice would make it better. All right, what? A, please. Yeah, now it's now it's sponsored. Help me yes. <laughs> the sponsor shelf beckons and quivers with anticipation. Or is that me? All right. Uh, this week is brought to you by Young Bufus. Who's that? I don't know. But they're our sponsor, Young Bufus. Probably a rapper, uh, which is very good. I was just doing uh, rap the raps a moment ago. So I think I think uh, in uh, in honor of Young Bufus, we got to pour one out. What's, I think what's his hit single? His hit single is um, uh, The Trufus of Bufus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know he, he really spits some wisdom on that. If you haven't heard it, I would recommend favorite, it. That was my favorite mixtape of 2019. Yeah. That's right, the Trufus of Bufus. Uh, uh, um, you know, second only to like Good Kid, Mad City, or uh, do you other remember grades. any lines that? Uh, well, I mean, stood I, out? I, I uh, Cla- you know, the, the classic hook from the Trufus of Bufus. Bufus, yeah, which which is just him howling like a dog <laughs> into the mic. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty good, you know. I, uh, it it really brought something out of me, you know. I, I cried the first time I heard it. Actually. Fully, fully one minute and forty five seconds of that song are just him barking and howling <laughs> like a dog. Which is crazy really... because like there's only one chorus, so it's just that's for a minute and thirty seconds. He's, re- he's really changing the game if you think about it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's and that's the trufus. That's the trufus. Trufus. That's trufus. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'll that'll do it for us this week. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Why don't you? Yeah. Uh, or or not, but please, yeah. or not, or maybe. I mean, we we just rated something like two stars, so you know, yeah, far far a- be it from us to uh, to ask for five but in this exchange. Is, this is a quality program. Yeah, we're better this than wow. Kevin Fever. Do you too. remember how we opened this episode? Do you- this is a quality. <laughs> this is a- I will hear no slander of this quality program that you we know, produce. Come in your cummerbund or whatever I said. That's right. It was awful. I apologize again. No need. Um, no, I'll do it anyway. Instead, uh, you could support us on Patreon. You can give us money for this quality product that we produce. You sure can. Wow. A couple of people do. Some people do. Sam Simon and Sarah Morris do, and we honor them for it. I don't know why they give us money, but they do, and we appreciate it. They sure do. Have y'all checked the Patreon recently? Have we got any money new ones? We sure have not. I check it every week when I upload the episode. Okay. (laughs) Stay tuned. Our our extremely profitable $18... A month on Patreon. You can add to that at patreon.com slash oddpeoplepod. Oh, fuck. Uh, follow, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at, letter, and at com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on. Want. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. Hey, you're mm-hmm. cosplaying right now. I am. I am. Uh, Pat Pete Wentz. That's right. Um, I cut my dick off for the role. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, you can occasionally find me tweeting for Light Arc Studio. You can also find my work on DreadXP.com uh, by looking at all the cool games, some of which I have worked on in some small capacity. Um, or, or big capacity, actually, these days. I've uh, been doing some cool art with several of the games on there. You can still check out the My Friendly Neighborhood demo. I would highly recommend it. It's very fun and surprisingly scary. Uh, and uh, trying to think what else. Oh, uh, no, I can't mention that one. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm racking my brains over like what I can talk about like as of the, the release of this episode, but 
Um, it'll be on Dread XP. There so you yeah, go. Check it out. Things, things, things are available. Things are happening. It's pretty cool. Stay tuned. Cool things, things are coming. Oh yeah, Dread X Collection Five. You can wish list that at the, by by now for sure. Woo. Yeah, go 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 check out Dread X Collection Five. It honestly looks awesome. <laughs> looks really good. All right. Well. Bye. Um, yep. Don't get COVID. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Don't get COVID. Strike!